But we are going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Before I share from the scripture this morning, I want to put out a, a disclaimer. <clears throat> Let me just talk to you for a little bit. If you've been tracking prior to, uh, well, through the fall months, you know that we have had for the last few months uh, uh, quite a few prophets and quite a few prophecies. They've gotten quite a bit of airtime and social media space and and it is my hope and my confidence that prophecies that are from the Lord, that they will come to pass. Amen. It is also my hope that those who have falsely prophesied will be man and woman enough to apologize for missing the voice of the Lord. Now, y'all stay with me. We're going to be on a wild ride today. Having said that, though, I was, I was dramatically impacted by a message that I listened to back in November. As a matter of fact, I've probably listened to that message five times over. And the message was preached by Loran Livingston. He's the 40-year-plus pastor of the Central Church of God in Charlotte, North Carolina. No doubt today it is our largest congregation. He was has been the voice of Ford and Faith for many, many years for the Church of God. And though I rarely do this, I, I'm going to be sharing some from that message because it so dramatically shook me to my core and affected me. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say this to him. It ain't right. And God ain't playing. Say it to him again. It ain't right. And God ain't playing. The children of Israel were on the verge. They'd been in the wilderness for some time, and it wasn't going to be too much longer before they entered into the promised land, the land that God had spoken that he would give to them. But in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, The Lord said some very pointed things to them. He was talking to his people, his chosen people. And he said in verse 8, You shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. For you are not yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God has given you. You haven't gotten there yet. So be careful not to do whatever you think is right in your own eyes. Pray with me this morning. Father, I humbly come before you today in need of your anointing, your strength, and your power. God, I know what you have birthed within my spirit. It's been burning and simmering for several days. And I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon every ear to hear, every heart to receive, 
and upon this messenger to communicate the word of the Lord. We glorify you, we honor you, we praise you for these blessings. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. I want to start this message with a very pointed question to every single person present and every person that is watching online. And the question is this, are you an American who is a Christian? Or are you a Christian who is an American? Are you an American who is a Christian or are you a Christian who is an American? To be very clear, this country is not our home. We are only passing through. The scripture calls us pilgrims and sojourners in the land. We're on somewhat of a nomadic journey. And we have not come to our eternal rest yet. The problem in the 21st century church is that, frankly, we are not dead to the world and the world is not dead to us. Too many believers still want the best of both worlds. But friend, Jesus is coming back soon. And he's coming back after a bride, not a prostitute. He's coming back after a bride without spot and without blemish that has the right garment on and is prepared for the coming of the Son of God. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, there were some that were debating, well, the Lord has put off His promise. and Where is the promise of His coming? They kept asking. And Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, said to them and says to us, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but He's long-suffering to usward, willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Today, friend, God is not slow and God is not slack. Jesus is coming again soon. So truly, God called the church to invade the world. But the opposite, I'm afraid, has happened. As we talk about the church in, in general, the church as a whole, the church across our nation. The truth of the matter is, and let's be honest, the world has severely invaded the church. In fact, the church of the 21st century as a whole does not take the whole Bible seriously as it should. How about the sanctity of human life and the command, thou shalt not kill? Murder. What do we identify and define murder as? What is it as it relates to the life of unborn children? Premeditated act. Little boys and little girls being snuffed out and killed. Taken from this world before they could smile and laugh and have a bottle of milk and eat cereal and ride a bicycle and open a Christmas present and play with the puppy. 
Go to school, graduate, college, get married, and have a life of their own. Friend, abortion is premeditated murder. If you look over in the book of Proverbs, you see that there are seven things that God hates and that are an abomination to him. It's found clearly in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. And one of the things that your God, your creator, your sustainer, your savior finds to be an abomination is the shedding of innocent blood. So if I, if I, give, you, if I give you a gun and you go and kill someone, the fact that I gave you the gun to do it also makes me guilty of murder. We know it in the eyes of the law as being an accomplice to murder. And I'm just as guilty of murder as if I pulled the trigger myself. And can I tell you today, there are abortion doctors that are guilty of murder that will stand before God and give an account. There are personnel that are part of planned parenthood that promote what they think what they say is reproductive rights, but they are very much a very strong abortion movement that leaders of which will stand before God and give an account. And let me tell you something else. On November 3rd of 2020, there were professing believers that went to the polls that voted for a candidate and an agenda that is clearly about murdering babies, and they too will stand before God. I'm going to say it again. It ain't right, and God ain't playing. Globally, last year, around the world, well over 42 million abortions took place. In comparison, 8.2 million died from cancer. 5 million died from smoking. 1.8 million died from COVID. 1.7 million died from HIV and AIDS. Abortion is still clearly the leading cause of death in the world. In 2018, the United States, our country, uh, aborted 876,000 babies in one year, sucked out of their mother, mother's wombs. For every 1,000 babies that were born alive, every 1,000 babies, there were 186 babies that were aborted. Since Roe versus Wade, now to date, over 62 million babies have lost their lives lives in the country that we love called the United States of America. And the reality is there were an astounding amount of believers that went to the polls to vote for that agenda. You go back and you look this past week, all of the quick legislation that went into order. Our newly elected president signed several pieces of legislation and one that didn't get a whole lot of attention and yet it was, it was in fact reality and it's called the Mexico City policy. It's described by Anthony Fauci as an effort by the new administration to support and strengthen health care systems around the world and what it means it was signed into law. It had, been, it, had been, it had been ceased under the previous administration. But let me tell you what it means. It means that without your choice at 
all. Your tax dollars will be sent and spent on abortions outside of the United States around the world as part of this liberal agenda. How many millions upon millions of unborn little girls and little boys are being dismembered and dislodged in the name of convenience and destroyed with no hope for future in this world? And and it, it blows my mind that believers, professing Christians, went to the polls and voted for that. I'm going to say it again. It ain't right and God ain't playing. How will a believer, how will a professing believer stand before Jesus who said, and I quote, that if any of you harm any one of these little children, it would be better to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the depths of the sea. How in the world will anybody be able to stand before the Lord and reconcile that scripture with their vote that that affirmed and continued to uh, propagate the uh, killing and shedding of the innocent lives of little children? How can you do it? Then we look further and we see something that's clearly spelled out in the scripture and it's called same-sex marriage. There is nothing plainer about God's feelings about homosexuality and lesbianism. He calls it a vile abomination. And yet you and I are living in a time where there is clearly a softening of a Bible stance because the church in general wants to be all-inclusive in the name of love. After all, pastor, they just want equality. They just want acceptance and understanding. And now to date, and you know this, whole movements, professing Christian movements have been split over this issue. Let me make sure that we are not confused and that it is explicitly clear. God destroyed cities and individuals and societies that condoned homosexuality. You said, do you believe the Bible, friend? I'm telling you, the Bible, Christian friend, that I know tells me that God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. First Corinthians tells us it is the New Testament. It's as plain as it is found anywhere in Scripture. Listen to what it says. It tells us who's not going to heaven. It says the sexually immoral are not going to heaven, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? Men having sex with men, women having sex with with women. The New Living Translation calls it practicing homosexuality. The New King James Version calls it nor homosexuals. The Amplified Version says nor those who participate in homosexuality. I'm going to quote Pastor Loran Livingston right here. He said it plainly. He said, I did not write that but I am commanded to preach that. You may not like that but God in fact said that. Billy Graham said it doesn't matter what you think about it The Bible is true whether you accept it or not. Can I tell you, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. I'm telling you, this same Bible that we love to talk about and all the wonderful feel-good stories that are in it, we like to 
pull those out, but we want to put down and put back in the closet some of that word that gets close to home. But I'm telling you, this word does not change. And at the judgment of God, these are going to be one of the books that are going to be open along with the book of life. Not only do I want my name in the book of life, but I want to know I've lived by the principles found in almighty word of God. On June 26, 2015, and we all remember it, it was a day of infamy in our country. It was the day that same-sex marriage was authorized in all of our states. President Obama took rainbow colors and lit up the outside of the White House. I'm telling you, the day it happened, I was reminded, and this really struck home with me because that rainbow colors have always from the book of Genesis been a symbol of mercy but on that day it was turned into a sham of ungodliness we as a country thumbed our nose at God now the agenda that was only supposed to be tolerance back in 2000 you better listen to this preacher this morning This agenda that was only supposed to be about tolerance and acceptance back in 2015 has gotten a life of its own. Now it's in full force. We've gone from homosexuality to bisexuality to transgender. We're having it force-fed to our kids in early early and middle school education, and they're being encouraged to discover whether they are straight or gay or bi or transgender. And let me tell you, effective as of this past week, signed into law, that transgender can now openly serve in the military. Let me tell you something else. You got some daughters that are in athletics. Guess what? A boy that is decided he wants to be a girl can not only participate with your girls on the athletic field but can also show up in the locker room we better wake up we better start praying like we've never prayed before we better call on God I'm telling you this world is going down the drain and the church as a whole is now circling the drain businesses are being penalized for not conducting sensitivity training in this area. And let me just stop here and tell you, if you didn't know this already, tell your friends and neighbors. In fact, you can share this message on Facebook if you want to. But I'm so thankful I'm part of the Church of God. Because along about five, six years ago at the Church of God General Assembly, there was, there was a, a, res, a resolution put in place that we would never, ever do a homosexual lesbian wedding, nor would our Church of God facilities be used to accommodate it. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise for that. If you don't speak for the gay agenda, now you're you're guilty of being exclusive and intolerant. Now one of the highest offices in the cabinet, we now have a transgender in President Biden's cabinet. And again, as Pastor Livingston said recently, it is later than it has ever been. It's worse than it has ever been, but it's not as bad as it is going to get. I shudder the day. I hope I do not see the day that pedophilia and bestiality become normal in our country, but we are on a fast track to anything goes. Christians voted for that. Professing belief, I'm going to look right in that camera at some people that probably voted for that. 
professing believers voted for that. It ain't right, and God ain't playing. Let me, let me just, my Lord, let me just go down the path here a little further. I heard something a long time ago that never left me. I heard it from my, probably my teenage years. And that is simply this. If God doesn't bring judgment on America, he will have to forgive Sodom and Gomorrah. Because we have reached at or past their level of depravity. But listen closely. When judgment comes, and it is coming, it does not begin with the world. It begins with the church. I can take you to the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, and show you that when God was about to pronounce judgment, he started at his house. I can take you to, the, to Peter's letter in the New Testament where it clearly says that judgment will begin at the house of God. This country and the diluted, worldly, half-hearted church is on a very, very slippery slope. Preaching a half-truth gospel. In fact, let me just go on record and say, if their church doesn't preach from Genesis to Revelation, it is not the true church of Jesus Christ. Don't allow your patriotism to get in the way of your Christianity. My God. I am first a Christian. I am second an American. Thirdly, there is anti-Semitism or hatred for Israel. President Biden, he said leading up to Wednesday, made no bones about it, he would in, re, immediately re-enter the I, Iran nuclear deal. Knowing full well that Iran has one agenda which they have made abundantly and brazenly clear. It was said in, the, in a United Nations meeting. Their agenda is to wipe Israel from the face of the earth. By re-entering this Iran nuclear deal, Iran will again be empowered and emboldened to continue developing nuclear weaponry in an attempt to eradicate Israel and subsequently eliminate the United States, whom they call the beast from the West. How foolish can we be as a country to go along with this? And Christians went to the polls and voted for it. Friend, when you oppose Israel or insult Israel, or attack Israel, you're sticking your finger in God's eye. <laughs> See, there are now so-called biblical teachers. They've been around for a while. And they have what they call replacement theology. Replacement theology basically means that the church replaced the nation of Israel. And now all believers are... Israel. That's nonsense. The church 
the Christian, we have simply been, by the grace of God, grafted into the vine of Israel. I was there last March. Little in size as it may be, it is still the chosen, literal, physical actual apple of God's eye. And when you mess with Israel, you are messing with God. Today, God is married to Israel. In fact, God has been married to Israel for 6,000 years. You want to go read the narrative of where God and Israel's relationship is? Go to the book of Hosea. Because the truth is, God has been very loyal to his vows where Israel is concerned. But Israel has played the harlot. But God's love for Israel has not changed. One day Israel's heart will be awakened. Hallelujah. One day Israel's eyes will be opened. God will have his chosen people and Israel will have their God. And every nation that has ever come against the nation of Israel, every nation in the future, currently in the future, that comes against the nation of Israel is squarely in the crosshairs of God Almighty. We must stop anti-Semitism. I was thrilled to death that just before I got there, back in March, former President Trump had relocated the headquarters of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Why? Because Jerusalem is the place that God chose. And I'm going to give you something else that you may never have considered. It's not only the actual, literal, biblical capital of Israel, but it is going to be the capital of the millennial kingdom during the thousand-year reign when Jesus reigns on this earth with his saints. (laughs) We're called to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That was the words of Jesus. The prophet Samuel said, I sin against God if I fail to pray for Israel. I know what it was like in a prior eight-year presidency with Israel, and I fully expect it's going to return to that. A strained, highly intense relationship. But professing Christians... Voted for this. It ain't right. God ain't happy. One of the most profound statements that Pastor Livingston made in that message that I listened to over and over again, and I I believe I asked for that to be put on the screen. There it is. Take a picture of it. Screenshot it. Send it to all your family and your friends and your cousins and your neighbors. Want to talk about how they believe in God. You can't believe in God and then reject his word. You cannot be religiously conservative and be politically liberal at the same time. (laughs) This is the last days. This thing's wrapping up. And I don't hesitate to tell you. We have bigger problems than racial injustice. We have bigger problems than Second Amendment rights. Don't get quiet on me now. We have bigger problems than riots and protest. 
We have bigger problems than storming the capital. Again, the country is down the tubes, and the church, generally speaking, is circling the drain. We are living to see the greatest apostasy in the history of the church. Well, pastor, won't you just be happy when you get your hopeful $1,400 stimulus check? If that's approved, I'm telling you right now, I would give up that check in a hot minute if the life of unborn babies could be saved. I would give up that check in a minute if we as a nation had a moral compass. I'd give up that check in a minute if we opposed, truly opposed countries who opposed Israel instead of trying to wheel and deal and coddle terrorist nations. See, I'm, this is not just friends and neighbors and people from liberal-minded movements. These are people in my own family, your family. I saw it this week. A professing Christian member of my family. This was her words. A cousin. My heart is overflowing with pride that I haven't felt for so long. Dignity has been restored to our country with such a wonderful feeling of inclusion. It's time for us to live in love as one people created by God to do His work. This post really concerned me. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind we have gotten decorum starting this past Wednesday. But along with the decorum comes an ungodly agenda burped from the pits of hell. Take it to the bank. You're living to witness it and testify it. I may be labeled as intolerant and as a homophobe, but listen, this is Bible. If God will burn up cities for homosexuality, and he did, if God will judge whole nations in the Bible, that literally took their little children and placed them on the burning arms of an idol named Molech. That happened in the Bible. Whole nations took their living children. They would light the arms of the idol on fire and they would offer their toddlers and their beginners and their elementary They would offer their children as child sacrifice. If, if he will send one angel one angel to destroy 185,000 Assyrians that were threatening Israel. One angel in one night killed 185,000 Assyrians because they were threatening God's people. What makes you think for a moment that this country or the social gospel church is going to escape the judgment of the holy God that we serve. It ain't right. God ain't playing. I, I shared this with the Bible study here a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks back. When I get down to pray, I try to search my heart, take inventory, and I, me and Jesus, we talk about my words, my thoughts, and my deeds. And I pray about those. And I repent about those. And I ask God to forgive me. Sometimes they're not always what they should be. 
Then one day I was praying, Lord, so what about your attitude? So I've added attitude to the list. I'm telling you, there's some professing Christians. They need to add vote to their list. They need to repent over their vote. What will it look like when I stand before Jesus and he asks me, did you vote American or did you vote Christian? Now, before I wrap this up, I need to say this to you as your pastor. I prayed, I voted, and then I left it to God. Okay? <laughs> and only God knows for sure the true results of the election. I'm going to mess you up here. If we truly believe that our Heavenly Father is in control, then God either orchestrated the results of the election or God allowed the results of the election. Either God is in control or He isn't. You cannot disagree with that. So this is where it gets close and personal. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris are there by divine providence. That's hard. It's hard to hear. We have a new white Caucasian president. We have a new African-American vice president. We prayed. We voted. It's in God's hands, and if you are a strong, peacekeeping, peacemaking Christian, Kamala Harris is not the N-word. Kamala Harris is not that black woman. Joe Biden is not that illegitimate president. Oh, y'all getting quiet on me now. We were commanded to pray for the last administration. We are commanded to pray for the next administration. <laughs> Boy, I'm in deep waters now. Is the Bible for you? Is the Bible for you? You know that question was a setup, right? Bible, New Testament Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You can read it for yourself. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers and intercessions, and yes, giving of thanks, be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of the Lord. So you pray for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris.
you intercede for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And yes, you even give thanks for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. If you're going to be irritated, don't be irritated with Biden and Harris. Be irritated with professing Christians that voted for their agenda. But even then, lose the irritation. Don't worry. Be happy. You're a child of God. He's your ultimate authority. He's your king. He's the one that woke you up this morning. He's the one that's going to give you sleep tonight. He's the one that's putting food on your table. You understand that it's wrapping up. The remnant, the true church, the true church of Jesus Christ is about to go home to be with the Lord. God has a plan. It's unfolding. He's not wringing his hands. He's not wringing his hands at all. It's just one peg after another coming right into place. Everything's lining up exactly the way God laid it out. But just understand, for you worldly, liberal, professing Christians, it ain't right, and God ain't playing. I feel at this moment that God wants us to lift our voice without a note being played and pray for our country, pray for our president, pray for our vice president. I wonder if there's anybody in the house that would stand to your feet, lift, lift both your hands and begin to pray. Begin to pray right now. Just begin to pray aloud. Father, Father, we just come before you today. Lord, I sense your spirit in this place. Sometimes your word is like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces. It's like a fire that burns, painfully burns things out of our life. And God, today I lift up my voice with my family. We've inaugurated a new president, and I pray for him. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, morally, I pray for the first lady. I lift them up before you. It has either been orchestrated or allowed by divine providence. And so, Father, we accept. We accept your will and your plan. And I will not lose the victory, and I will not live in defeat. I will live in joy unspeakable and full of glory. I pray for our Vice President Kamala Harris, I pray for her husband, I pray for her family, I pray that you would give her wisdom and knowledge and understanding if we believe in the power of prayer, we believe that as we lift our voices today, the things that are against your word and against you, Lord, we know that you have the power to change people's minds and touch people's hearts. 
Oh, how well I know that the very one that was part of Roe versus Wade before her days ended upon this earth, she accepted Jesus as her personal Savior and Lord. I know that no matter how steep someone is in the pit of sin, your arm is long enough to reach them where they are and set them up on a solid rock and establish their goings. Lord, we pray for our country today. I wish somebody would lift up their voices right now all over this house. Lord, we call upon you. Even so, Lord, come quickly. Even so, Lord, come and take the remnant of your church home to be with you. Lord, open the eyes of so many that are blinded by the God of this world. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.